0: Hello, Tim. Hello, Ryan. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Hello, everyone listening. <laughs> um, this is our second episode yeah. of our show, and I'm excited to be here. We watched The Transfiguration. I'm very excited. Um, we felt <laughs> like we... <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> I can attest to that. Yeah. Um, uh, we, last time we sort of set up what the show was about and I feel like we covered that already and we don't want to talk about it every time, but there's one thing we didn't mention. You mentioned to me off recording that I thought was worth mentioning, which as far as like why horror movies for you, oh, why yeah. you're interested in them. And I forget now what you said, but it wasn't, I, I don't remember what I said at all, but in person you talked about the search. Oh the
1: search in terms of, like, looking for the reason why things in
0: horror work or don't work. Yeah, and just how... It was it was fun how you talked about it, where with horror movies, there's a specific... There's, like, um, you're always feeling like you're looking for the buried treasure. Oh, right, yes. This is very true. I
1: feel as though I'm trying to find a movie that evokes the same feeling that I had when I was first kind of introduced to horror films. And so obviously that's an adolescent version of of how you're responding to it because you're young and fresh and whatever and not jaded or bitter or yeah. <laughs> whatever maybe you are now. Um, but finding the thing that like sits with you and actually, you know, you watch a thing and you actually get freaked out by it. Whatever that means, I almost never at this point find a horror film that makes me have that feeling again you i mean do, as yeah. a kid it was like the shining like freaked me right out but i probably watched it when i was too young but trying to recapture that feeling feels too safe
0: now yeah i mean it's virtually impossible. For me like the theater <coughs> experience can help do that for like the best of the best ones like The Shining That's interesting. It that always works, Alien just Texas Chainsaw is like one of my favorite movie yeah. experiences. I don't know that I've seen a lot of horror in the theater. It makes a difference I think that big screen not being able to go anywhere just sort yeah. of like almost how you said just me being here watching the movies oh. and you not yeah actually watching them even helps. The
1: horror for me of going to the movie theater is sitting around people who have no theater etiquette
0: <laughs> right.
1: like i could go on and on well um, let's not though
0: because God, it's the worst well we'll talk about that because we're gonna <laughs> see movies so far the second episode was another netflix viewing but we plan to see some new releases in yeah. theaters too so we'll be sure to hear about tim's adventures oh in God. movie theaters there. so many um all right well let's you want to do something we want to do as sort of an intro for each episode too which sure. is what scares us? What scares us? Which we thought maybe we might run out of that. So things that have scared us, moments in our life, we've been terrified. Yeah, Starts off on the right. You know, I don't.
1: Page. I have one that I don't think it. I don't know if I have a specific moment that like spurred this on, but I do not like things with like insects or or spiders and stuff like that i i just don't like them. i don't like bugs i don't like creepy crawlies i just they can you think of an day.
0: instance where you got one on your face <clears throat> or you found one or
1: no I, which is kind of weird right like we had a book when i was a kid called be nice to spiders mm mm-hmm. And so I had like an intellectual appreciation for them, but don't get them near me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually that's similar to the first thing that came to mind for mine. What I can share is um, another another thing from my youth was I remember I was so excited to go to be at the beach one time as a kid, and I remember running right up to the water and, like, sinking my hands into the wet, you know, just when the the tide was going down on the wave and, like, picking up some wet sand. But, like, somehow it was miraculous just the chances of this. But right in, like, my palms of my hand were one of those, like, prehistoric-looking, like... Big bug, like like I don't know what they call them. I the, the, you know terrified. to even know what rolly this was? Roly-poly shell things Ooh. with just the like tons of like little legs no, on the side. I'm not. And I'm I just okay screamed and like tossed it back <laughs> and then ran back up.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know why they freak me out so much. I just they like I don't want them on me. Uh, how about <laughs> transfiguration? Yeah, interesting. Transfiguration. Have you been hurting any
0: animals? Maybe thinking, but I don't do it. Not anymore. Wow, you're really into... Vampires. Um... Yeah, I was going to say scary movies. So you hurt, huh?
1: Yeah. Someone killed a white boy in the basement.
0: So what are vampires like?
1: I think it starts with drinking blood. Like you have a need to. Eventually, that's not good enough. So you switch to animals and
0: people. Can you give us a... Let's let's, let's do a summary of the film.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I can do this. Hang on. Let me think about it for a second. A... Ooh, how old is he? Again, we have this issue. I, I read
0: it. It's, he's 14. Okay,
1: so a 14-year-old, I guess, urban city kid. I think it pl- takes place in... It's it's in New York, but I'm not sure if it's like in a borough or if it's in Manhattan. is a little vague. I don't know. Um, it looked like Stuyvesant Town, like the they're sort of. I, won't, I don't want to call them projects per se, but they're sort of that setup of like, you know, Stuytown. Stuy Town is like. You know, quick summary five high here. Rises. Oh, okay, so quick summary. Um, so Milo is a fourteen year old who lives in New York City and believes that he's a vampire and is um learning and teaching himself how to accomplish that. And uh, you know, he's he's planning out his kills.
0: Right. And it's cool and I'd say like he's he's planning he's planning something bigger or we know he's he fe- there's a sense of like he's he has a next step coming yeah. in his his life which sort of ties into it is also a like coming of age film like a teenage right age film i kept way. thinking
1: to myself what is the significance of the title mm. and i think we'll
0: get to that cool. maybe yeah so we're in the things that worked for us section sure here? yeah let's get into it
1: what worked, what worked for you, what worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked, what worked for
0: you? Do you want to start? Uh, yeah, sure, I have a list here. Um, I mean, just, I, I mean, I liked it overall, um... Yeah, I really liked it. It's just that hesitation is when I maybe just didn't love it, you know? But I thought it was great. Um, The opening, um, how it just started with him immediately, like the first shots almost for him sucking blood from Mm. the guy in the bathroom stall. Right. I love that so much because it was just sort of like, Okay, yeah, so like all the parts in vampire movies where they're getting their powers or figuring out or turning into a vampire, like whatever, like whatever is got him to that moment, we just sort of played catch up on, which I yeah. thought was so smart to just skip past all this stuff that we've seen a million times. Yeah, it's so, like we didn't need to see his origin. Yeah, exactly. We just don't. We, we picked it up, and I thought yeah. it was fun. We were paying attention to his notebooks that much more. Yeah, I mean, they, they pretty
1: much solve that by the next time we see him just in his room, just by observing what's in his room. Right away, you kind of go, oh, I get it. Yeah, You know, he watches, he's got a shelf full of vampire movies of different sorts on VHS and you sort of get just enough time to read a handful of them and it's right. like Lost Boys and I don't
0: remember what else is there, but
1: you know mm-hmm. the standard sort of things that you associate with
0: vampire movies. Yeah, all the cult favorites <clears throat> too. Right. Um yeah, I thought this I'm gonna use this word a lot. I just thought it was far more interesting. Then, then what? <laughs> than the other approach. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought you meant as a movie, it's far more interesting oh. than
1: other movies. <laughs> um,
0: any okay? Well, what about specific parts that you liked?
1: <laughs> um, I, I in sort of the same vein, I I quite liked the lore that they set up, where it's like there's nothing saying that vampires are in the in the mystic sense that they're a real thing in this world. It's all through his perception of the world. He, he says it at least two or three times, like, vampires exist. But, like, what is a vampire in his mind, right? Like, he has a, cu- a couple scenes where he sort of tries to identify what that is, but he himself isn't really sure. So that's just vague kind of lore that they, in his mind, they exist. Right, right. So,
0: But yeah, or like does is what he believes in like a literal because he says like, oh, you know, vampires, real vampires, they can go out in the sun. They can blah, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. So he has this very, you know, this idea of what constitutes a vampire. Yeah. And that he happens to be one. And that was an interesting question was there is does he just love them so much that he is one essentially? Or did it or like did his love of vampires make the urge or does his urge you know, supports right. like vampires or let led to.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think the question sort of of maybe of the movie is him. I mean, I think he thinks he's a vampire. Um, I don't actually know. I mean, it's an interesting setup because there's no one really in the movie to bounce it off of to give an answer. Right. Well, it's he's all his perspective.
0: Well, yeah, which is cool because he's portrayed as the expert. Like he's right. so studious and knowledge in all of this. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Which it'd be, it would be would have been fun to see him like with another, you know, yeah. vampire expert, but he was just I I like that those are just his character, which was fun.
1: Right. And the sounding board his his girlfriend for lack of a better which term. I wrote
0: the names down cuz I always forget names, Milo and Sophie. That's yeah. right.
1: Um yeah, his sounding board she's sort of just re, ref, not reflecting, deflecting the, the question back at him. You know, she's like, yeah, but you know, have you read Twilight? Yeah. And it's like, he's like, no, cause vampires don't sparkle.
0: Um, <laughs> in the summary, you kind of started to get there. You mentioned your, uh, the, the urban setting. I like, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, which is,
1: you know, not necessarily where we've seen vampires in
0: right. movies. Um, I mean, I feel like that's when you watch it, it's sort of it's cool. We don't I don't know if there's anything to explain about it, but just down to like the details of stuff that I liked about the setting was just like and I think this is, you know, just because it was an indie horror film, but they just made it work of like the billboards and the signage and just sort of everything was just so it was actually, you know, it was real life. Yes. It was real in that sense. Yeah. And it's
1: now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not the future or the past it's I think it's, the only indication that it could be that could sort of date it is that they have flip phones.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it. I saw that even more as like, like people have flip phones. No. Yeah. People who aren't buying $800, right. $1,000 iPhones yeah. have flip phones. No, absolutely. So it
1: fit into the world. Um, I quite, I quite liked the, um, I, I, even though I sort of maybe made this sound like it it was a, a negative thing, I like the slow burn pacing of it. mm mm-hmm. um, It made all the kills really work. Right. And your weight I mean, it does a really good job of saying, especially since they start it with a kill, Yeah, saying that's going to happen again. You have to sit and wait for it. And you have to wonder who it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that leads really well. I mean, I found myself at various moments being like, uh-oh, he's going to kill his brother. Uh-oh, he's going to kill his girlfriend. Uh-oh, he's going to kill the, you know, the kid who right. bullied him in the beginning. You know, like, you keep thinking that everybody is, is the potential yeah, next kill, which, which that's is cool. a sign of
0: a good horror movie, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: it's that setup for anticipation is, is super effective. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it made it when he did pick his kill, even though it was mostly strangers, you still go, oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I like that he had rules that he's kind of coming up with them. Like he's sitting in class
0: mm-hmm.
1: when the teachers talk about history.
0: For, it just doesn't it's care. It's like some I could random really, yeah. history
1: note about, I don't even remember. It was like MacArthurism or something like that. Probably wasn't even that, but you know, and he's just not paying attention. He's just writing his rules for the next kill. Mm hmm. Which is great.
0: He's doing his homework. Yeah. He's doing his schoolwork.
1: <laughs> it's okay. very clear what's important to him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was great. Um, he he did it. Uh, the actors in it were all great again.
1: Yeah. I really liked the casting of, of Milo. hmm. He's super unsettling. Mm hmm. Like, I don't. I wondered. I was like, how much of this is
0: just well,
1: who that kid is in real life? Like, he's just sort of an. Awkward kid. Well,
0: you could tell, though, he's smart enough that he's aware of that in a way that's sympathetic versus off-putting, I thought, which we'll get to. In How do you area. mean in that you you as a viewer could tell that the actor was aware of the that? character? OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like the, Yeah, the character knows he's awkward or blah, blah, blah.
1: Yes. They actually make a really good point of sort of showing that he knows. Yeah. Because when he gets kind of harassed or, like, made fun of by a group of of guys that live in his building. Uh, they call him Freak. And he does a very awkward, like, hand gesture. Yeah, I was
0: just going to say, his wave, I love yeah. that. It was kind of like this... This like poo pooing, but also this like hello. Yeah. He's
1: and, like, yeah, yeah. I know you guys are gonna call me freak, and I'll do a weird thing to sort of justify yeah. that you're calling me a and freak. Just so like, you leave oh, me alone. Ha-ha,
0: whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: They're like, there he is. See, mm-hmm. he's a freak. It was that weird hand thing?
0: Yeah. No, he was great and well cast. The girl too.
1: Yeah, I All like the, the girl. Parts. Um, I I remember thinking the brother had a scene early on. And the first couple lines, I was like, "Ooh, ugh, this mm-hmm. guy is not good." And then, like almost immediately, he had a you know a few more lines, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm wrong. He's fine." Yeah, I they... don't know what it was about that one moment. It just I think it wasn't what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I was like, "Oh no, he's cool."
0: He's yeah, fine. I thought for the as <clears> sort of. I don't know, as simple as like the brother character was, they did a good job of making him realistic just through details gradually being revealed about their situation. Yeah. Oh, he used to be friends with the the guys who are still ruffians, yeah. but not anymore. We learn more about the mother. Um, just because we were talking about the kid's performance and I have it next here. I don't know if this is so much a performance thing, but just something about his character was just uh, his killing style. I, liked, I would put it as like... He has a signature move for his kills, which was, I guess more is coming to mind as I say that the knife and stuff. But I liked his signature move, the walk away, which was like how he would lure people Where like, it felt like for so many kills, like he would just, you just see like him with his backpack, just kind of like, oh, I'm just, I'm just walking over here, you know, and that just (laughs) became like something just about this, like non non-aggressive yeah. like walk <laughs> i just love like well was, you know oh, what
1: kills what's really interesting this just sort of occurred to me what's interesting about that is that his his demeanor and his walk is sort of classically defined as the victim's behavior yeah you know, when people say if you're going to walk down the street at night don't sort of like go inside yourself like you look like a target you know, be confident, stand up straight, sort of walk with authority, like keep your head up, make sure you're looking around and, and you know, observing your surroundings, all of that stuff. But he sort of had this like, he's slightly, un- assuming, yeah, slightly shoulders hunched. Like he's, he's like trying to not be noticed. Which then makes him the better killer. Exactly. Because is no notices him. It's so great. That's,
0: that's what I loved about that. Yeah. Um, uh, any other specifics you have? Things you liked, worked for you?
1: Well. I got some more. Um I don't know, We I, kind of covered the setting I I I really like the I setting. I liked um
0: the flashbacks of the mother's like I guess death where at first yeah. it was just sort of like cutting where he's like looking at the doorknob and then like you know, different color corrected shots. That's of like right. Him yeah. like looking at what we find out is the end of the mother's bed. But I thought it was just done in that way where it wasn't op- like super obvious at first, nor was it overdone. It like came back just the right amount of like one or two times, yeah, and revealed it just that little bit more, and wasn't. It was just enough to tell the story. I thought that was well done. Um, I
1: think one of the things we can we can kind of elaborate on this. I think as we as we go along the events of the movie, but the kind of overarching theme of the movie, I think is, well, what I thought it was is, is really interesting because everybody in this movie is trying to escape something, right? And the kind of general escapism theme of the movie in kind of in the face of loss is, is quite compelling In in a dramatic way, like it's emotionally compelling. Mm -hmm. It's not just like this movie. I don't feel it made me feel like this movie was really well thought out. You know, like they cared that they they made an effort to to have layers of actual human, you know, emotion and, and, and experience in a quote unquote genre, you know, fantastical world or at least. It's not a fantasy It's not, but it's it's a, it's a, I guess it's a subject matter that in the in in other versions is always sort of like heightened fantasy or you know whatever like magic or mysticism or whatever vampires and all that stuff. And this just strips all of that away. It's like no, this is like whether you like it or not, this is a real kid in a real world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and that and then the question of. Well, does that mean that he's just made all of this stuff up about vampires because he's obsessed with it? Or is is he a vampire?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like what then what is a vampire becomes kind of the the even bigger question. Right.
0: That's yeah, that's what I was yeah, <clears throat> saying earlier is where did that stem from in his history? Yeah. At what point did he become one? At what point did he know he was one?
1: Right. Um And I I like his His perspective on, which I think comes around to the end and and sort of the climax of the movie of him having an opinion that, like, I don't think you can kill... Like, I don't think a vampire can kill himself, right? And not so much even that he doesn't think vampires can't die, but that that they can't kill themselves.
0: I wonder... I was thinking about that, too. I was wondering if that was more because... Of the personal thing with his mother. I think it's directly yeah. related.
1: Like he's formed that opinion. I think what's really good about what they did with this movie is they took a traumatic event as sort of the impetus for all of his, uh, you know, his his world view is obviously shifted dramatically by the death of his mother. And in this particular case, he latches on to something that's pretty extreme of vampirism. Yeah. Now, the, whether or not he was into vampires before then is not clear. But as he finds his mom dead, and we learn sort of third act wise that he decided to taste her blood, her as she's dead on her bed, the thing he decides to do is go over and taste the blood of the cut on her wrist that she's and and that she's killed herself. So that's important, right? His view his opinion of these things of death of who he is, um, of whether or not he can kill himself are very clearly specifically related to that moment,
0: Mm -hmm. which is an excellent moment. I should put that things that worked for me. That was a big, good scene or reveal. And
1: and I remember thinking, I I don't I don't really want him to do that. Which is what you want from watching yeah. these movies. Yeah, yes. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um Yeah, Mother's Yeah, the mother's death. Um I guess yeah, if we're talking about sort of deaths towards the ending uh or or reveals toward the ending moments toward the ending, I I put I liked uh how they went for it with the kid kill where remember he breaks into the Oh, more yeah. well-off people's apartment, like <laughs> like the drunk guy with a daughter. Yeah. And sees the little daughter who just looks at him, goes yeah. and knifes her. And then same with the father. But-
1: I was... Did you have a problem with... I guess we could put this yeah. in things we didn't like, but I, I, I ultimately was fine with it. But
0: I did remember... Th- I remember thinking, why didn't she scream? She, um... I, that didn't bother me. I don't know if something about the moment played out. It seemed fine, but it just wasn't. I feel like she saw him as a kid and almost like wanted to trust him. That's a really good point. But, um, but what I was going to say about that rather than just sounding like, oh, I love it when they killed the kid was, (laughs) was, um, was it actually, yeah. What is it that it, it ruled out any doubt if he was like actually sort of a monster or not. Oh yeah. Like it was such a horrific, you know, act that was like he is a monster, but that in such a way where where when he kills himself at the end essentially in a roundabout way, mm-hmm. it's like it works because it sets up oh, he's smart, he knows he's a monster. We know he's a monster. We can almost sympathize with him killing himself in that Absolutely. sense, yeah. which was but then it's like, oh, but then that, that's why it was such a good ending as far as like bringing up those questions of like, is suicide still a bad thing in this case? Which is a question I love and I'm also working on.
1: Well, and I think this is what, for me, the title means. The transfiguration that he goes through is sort of understanding that he is a monster and then... So, oh man, how do I even explain this? I think it's him learning and accepting that he's a monster and that he needs to be, he needs to not exist as a monster. Like, that's a pretty high plane of understanding, right? Mm -hmm. And as a kid, like, at times I was like, this kid is almost too smart for his age
0: you remember what it was like to be then i don't know no, i
1: i mean i You I, sort of do at least, but I that's high like, thought
0: no i always felt like as a kid like you aren't a kid you're a person like i don't know kids are smarter than we give them credit for
1: but that's real deep understanding of yourself and and the world
0: but if you're that introspective and it's all you're True. thinking about and your mom died at that age. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I'm not I don't I'm not trying to discredit him. I'm just saying that it's it's
0: it's advanced. It's yeah. advanced uh thought. Well, it was sort of To a, come around to that. Which I, is good. Yeah, I you think want, it was just that it. there was the clear conflict in front of him, so it wasn't like he had to have the wit or the introspection to see that even as a possibility, he just saw it as yeah. something he had to decide.
1: Right, and and work. and like in I think a lot of movies and stories, it took essentially falling in love with somebody, even though that never really felt to me like a conflict for him. But in his with the girl Sophie, but his actions definitely say. I want her to have a better life. Yeah. Absolutely. And that real, I think that understanding of, of, I guess, love or empathy to, for another person is the thing that motivates him to make this decision well, to yeah. not change, but to end his life as a monster.
0: You're right. I think it was that. Experiment, experiencing intimacy and, like, like life for the first time, maybe. Yeah. Like, all the aspects of life before he'd want to check out that allowed him to do that. Because my take from the beginning was, like, we were more supposed to get the sense that he was going to, like, move to Transylvania or something <laughs> like that. Sure. or Or just, like, live this sort of life of killing hobos or something. <laughs> right. But, no, that you bring that up, and that's actually more interesting, where I, I wasn't taking into account that it was his... His affair, his, his yeah. romance with Sophie.
1: Well, and every um, other character is essentially a foil for that, right? Like his brother is despondent; he has no intimacy with his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, all he he says at one point, she she says, "You does has anybody ever told you you don't you don't say much or you don't talk much?" And he goes, "No, no, nobody talks to me." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like this kid has no connection with like somebody who is interested in him Mm -hmm. other than people who are calling him freaks or beating him up, which is the opposite of intimacy. Right. So I think that really is the crux of, of this story is that he learns to what he, he, yeah, he learns what intimacy or, or some version of love is and goes, Oh, that's, that changes my trajectory. He
0: goes through not a transformation, nay, but a, Transfiguration, <laughs> right? Which, what does that exactly
1: mean? Like, what's the what's the difference in definition? Transfiguration. Um, I don't know. We should look it up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but
1: you know, I, I think this is. I mean, it just it's a testament to really good writing and and good storytelling. Mm-hmm. It just makes, even if that stuff is not something that you're intellectually walking away, going, oh, it was this. I think the sentiment uh, it, it sticks with you at least on some level. Yeah. Right. You you kind of go yeah that's that's why this kid does what he does. Uh huh.
0: Or it raises I mean what I think it does it's even raises even more questions right, right. unanswerable questions is what I I'm a fan of. Yeah. Um, of not have It's it like when people say, "What is a movie trying to say?" I'm like, "Well, if it had something to say, then just you wouldn't make a movie at it. You just say it." <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. exploring these really interesting human things with, and horror can just sort of dive into the deep end with that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, talking me, and then all these great things you're talking about it. You know, on a certain level of when it's thought out, a movie's thought out this much. I kind of already mentioned this, but like, I love. You know, I didn't see a clear ending coming. Yeah. No, I didn't either. And then that sort of tied into, yeah, another thing I really liked was um, the ambiguity of what he was doing with the police. And, and then the that right. sort of, but then that paid off in the ending where it was like, oh, you remember you asked me, like, oh, yeah. did, he just, did he just rat on them? Or like what? I mean, the specifics aside, we just know that he, in the end, he was just, just, hey, I had his, his master plan right. of leading to those guys shooting him. And this was which, all
1: which you should, you know, in a way it's like we we kind of should see that coming. Like yeah. he's clearly meticulous, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he's marked out in a in a giant desk calendar every one of his yeah. kills. You know what I mean? He's he's got books and books of of notes on vampires and drawings. Like he's obviously a meticulous. But we're still kid. going,
0: though, meticulous for what? And that's, right. that's no. the ending that comes. Um, yeah, his killing style. Um, that was fun, and that's yeah, exactly what you just said. I thought, and the, it was a fun payoff. Um, the ending that only came from a character who had that sort of planning and foresight. That was like you know you see in a heist movie or something mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I get it because yeah. you know this was their master plan all along. Yeah. It was kind of fun to see that. In there's the there's movie. a
1: movie called. Um... Oh man, now it's it's gonna escape me. It's like a Norwegian or Swedish film and it's sort of it's basically a heist film and man they do this perfectly this moment of like he had it all planned out up at this certain point and it is so satisfying when movies do that well
0: yeah and then for in this case rather than a successful robbery of like oh it was <laughs> it was all leading up to him finding a way to get shot yeah <laughs> Pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked, uh, I guess we sort of started with, I loved um, that it was like the self-aware vampire film, of, mm. um, but just at that level where, again, it, it had to fully embrace it rather than, it just did not feel like it sort of just offhandedly mentioned a few movies. Yeah. It was such an intrinsic and repeated oh, refrain. Yes. Like and he,
1: he hangs the hat, uh, not the hat, uh, you know this term when you hang a lantern? Mm-hmm. He hangs a lantern on Let Let the Right One In almost immediately. Yeah. Right? Like, one of my first thoughts was, ooh, this is going to be sort of a lot like Let the Right One In, isn't it? And then two scenes later, he's talking to the girl and he's like you know what movie I really like? Yeah. <laughs> Let the right one in. The The original, not the American one. And, you know, he's sort of going, we know mm-hmm. that this is going to be similar in some... That we at least know that you, the audience, are going right. to think this could be similar, but, so we're going to call it.
0: Yeah, but rather than it being like, okay, okay, I get it. The filmmakers see these movies. It was just so a part of his character. Right. This is how he views the world, is through yeah. these movies.
1: Yeah, which is great. I mm-hmm. mean, it gives us a much... It makes me feel like I'm in the world with them and that the world is real,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is good. Like I want I mean, it's not I, sometimes you want to, it to be something else. But in this particular case with this setup, being that this movie is now in the real world, making sure you're not doing like what Walking Dead does and says like, well, the word zombie doesn't exist, even though this is a zombie, you know, comic book and show.
0: Yeah, you're like, it's, we we have not, a great word for it, by the way. Yeah. We could just call them that.
1: <laughs> right, they're not, like, dodging this
0: very obvious thing. Mm-hmm. They're just being like, yeah, th- yeah, that's the world. Yeah. We're cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, It's all, I mean, that's, I, I, yeah, I really liked it. Um, Those are all the specific things I had for what worked for me. Do you have anything else before we move to things that didn't work?
1: The only sort of general thing is I, I like the look. I I like the tone. It's it seemed to me like it was shot possibly. I mean, it almost felt like it could have been shot on like a Canon 5D. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the external shots are clearly not like lit. You know, they're just natural light, even at night. And you get like you get some pretty grainy shots at night. But because of the environment and because of the tone that's set up for this movie, it's fine.
0: It works totally perfectly well for me. I agree with you. Cool. Um, (laughs) Which then could transition us to things that didn't work for us. That's a segue. It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? (laughs) Good segue. Um, (laughs) Which for good movies like this, things that didn't work for us, it's like... I hate, I feel like I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel almost. And the one thing I do have is exactly what you just said worked for you, which also worked for me, which is like the, the style, something about Mm -hmm. it where I'm wrestling with myself when thinking about it where, so I have no idea if this is how nitpicky this is, but you know, it's it's a section. Let's address it. Pick the nit. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it was so effective, good filmmaking, cinematography, you know, overall, but it also feels uninteresting to me in a certain way. Where, I,
1: I get that. I I agree.
0: It's it's sort of like I feel like I talked to you about this, but like I liked um I liked a review for the recent movie, The Disaster Artist, mm-hmm. and it, comparing it to Ed Wood, where it was oh. like think about just how those are shot, where it's like. Disaster Art is just like, it looks like an indie film. Like, that's right. a thing now. But, like, Ed Wood is like Tim Burton when, you know, in mm-hmm. sort of his prime, like, really making a film, making every aspect of the film, like, work unto itself and yeah. be a part of itself. Um, but then, where, I, where but then I start arguing against myself, where it's like, okay, um, but the, is the whole aesthetic of this film is like low budget, right. urban, like this yeah. and that. But so it works. It well, works for it. But then, like, when every single scene is like starts with the wide, ends with the wide, and like you know, it's just yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I just am aware of it. I yeah, know.
1: I wouldn't say. And I remember I, I looked to see if if the director was doing a couple things purposefully. Um, and whether or not it would continue on throughout, for example, early on, I, I, I thought, Ooh, I think that Milo is always center shot. And I started watching specifically center shot, just meaning that he's center of frame or ends up center of frame in every shot that he's in. And so I started watching to see if that were true, if that was a rule that they set for themselves to in, in how they were going to depict him. times, or... yeah. And I ultimately think the answer is no. But and I started looking for whether or not they were doing if they made some sort of decisions as to how they're going to do those things and stick to them. Um, I it ultimately made me think that that wasn't
0: their goal yeah because it's a budget thing too like it totally still works great despite not being able to do everything that the babysitter did right but (laughs) i never thought
1: to myself "Ooh, that's a really really interesting shot or that's a great shot or they they are doing this for this effect and good on them you know like yes. that's great well,
0: that makes you go as i said this is interesting this is cool this is yeah right. something else which then um yeah so so you get what i'm saying
1: yeah i, I totally get what you're saying <laughs> <Totally crazy>.
0: um <laughs> no anything that well
1: not that i know anything
0: of. that didn't work for you aside from, you know
1: um <clears throat> let me look at what what did i hmm, sound mm-hmm. this is a technical note obviously but the and it, and it only happened a couple times, and they got. I think they just maybe they hit their stride halfway through when the movie. their Australian
0: accent started. Through.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> there are a couple transition scenes where, like the whatever the soundscape that they had created, as the as the scene blacks out, it, the sound blacks out it Mm -hmm. goes to no sound and it is jarring
0: that was a little awkward i remember i'm like oh i noticed they were doing oh they're doing fade to blacks that's risky that's right (laughs) but yeah Yeah, there was weren't the cleanest transitions. they were
1: not and that that you know it's just a technical thing i think sound being one of the the most impactful uh elements to take you out if the sound isn't working you are
0: out Yeah, actually you just reminded me of like the one specific moment where I was taken out of it because of a sound thing I forget if it was like there's this stock like dogs or cat sound oh, or no. bird sound or something oh, like that that, was, I that think, was used at one point I want to say like yeah. around the last third or like the beginning of the
1: last third of the film anyway it's a tough one man yeah. I mean and, and sometimes again that's that could be budget that could just be Time, you know, like you, you can't, you know, you can't sit in an editing bay for two years if you don't have the money to clean everything up.
0: Right. But you either, you know, you hear it or you don't. True. When it comes to that.
1: Yeah. I just seemed to me, I was waiting for it to happen again. Uh-huh. And it I think I happened a couple of times early on. And then I never noticed it being an issue again. Yeah. In fact, one thing they did soundscape wise that I thought worked was, was that, they, as the movie progressed, this sort of low rumble stuff, especially leading up to something bad, like they're using that device. And, and it was effective. Simple, effective. Yeah. I mean, it's a really simple thing. Like Mm -hmm. just have some rumbling, you know, that increases in intensity before a potential bad thing happens. Simple isn't bad. It's done well. Yeah. And it worked totally fine. But (laughs) when you, I guess, I don't know, when you miss it, and mm-hmm. have a you know i, I don't want to call it a mistake cuz who knows maybe they did it yeah. on purpose but when you have one of those moments that pulls you out it's, it pulls you out
0: <laughs> uh, no um, it. no jarring continuity errors this time around Tim. okay do
1: so- you want to you want to go into our, our our special side segment called cobweb continuity <laughs> tim's cobweb continuity <laughs> i only have one and i'm not even sure it's legit okay there's a scene where Milo is in Central Park and he sits he sits down next to a rock and I thought to myself, I think I know. it. I've been, you know, I lived in New <laughs> York City. I was like, I actually think I know exactly where he is. He's by that stream and that rock. I've been there. I know that. And then there's a cut to a different angle and the, the and this isn't just like a rock like a, you know, like a stone on the ground. It's a it's a boulder. Like a glacial uh-huh. boulder sticking out of the ground, right? That he's leaning up against. The boulder's on the wrong side in one shot. Like it's if if the continuity is
0: you mean correct? They they, they might have flipped. Uh, they might have done a mirror ex- image of I, the shot.
1: Exactly. They they either mirror imaged or they just set up somewhere else and put him kind of on the wrong side for camera.
0: And you regret ever watching the film. <laughs> it.
1: Exactly. No, I I. It was not jarring enough for me to even really know if I was catching something. I was like, I think that's a mistake, but maybe it's not. And uh, who cares?
0: So like all continuity errors, not worth worth losing sleep over.
1: (laughs) Not all. I'll let some of them slide
0: good oh i hope this one does because it was brief because i
1: mean it's it it was immediately followed up by him potentially killing a young kid so i was like i'm i'm more oh yeah that that. was
0: a good almost kill (laughs) i like that um all right how about um next section things of note note.
1: (laughs) this should be interesting Dude, when he kills the uh, drunk dude and his daughter, he doesn't wear gloves or anything, man. His fingerprints are all over that scene.
0: Yeah, but he's about to kill himself. doesn't matter. Which is why it's not a thing that took me out of it. It was just an interesting thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just thought to myself, your fingerprints, man.
0: Yeah. Shit. But, right. I think I saw, thought that too during it. But again, I didn't have it in my things that didn't work for me section. No, no. It, it was like, fine. He's... He's so he just died. covering <laughs> his tracks and he's about to kill himself. Yeah, it pays off. Honestly, that was so nice to just not waste any time with I like know. any of the okay, how's he gonna cover this? oh, the police found this? Oh okay. Right.
1: Well, and as a writer too, like sometimes I think you can you can go down a rabbit hole of of trying to to fill every potential plot hole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and then it's like at what when do you stop? Mm-hmm. Like it's never ending. I mean, I'm writing a script right now where we're finding things and I'm like, who gives a shit at this yeah, point? You Is only, it important? Sure, yes. You somebody's you only have to see gonna it go in its larger
0: context.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and if it's solved it can be solved just by the story moving forward.
0: Because even realistic like films are films. Yeah. Right. Which, which that word "realistic" uh, brings me to a thing of note. My favorite thing of note for this film was his repeated frame of the word "realistic."
1: Oh, that's right. Which yeah. was
0: like that <laughs> film. I like the films, the vampire films that are more realistic. Yeah, and then, then it, it like kept going, the Twilight's. You know, it's not realistic at all. Blah blah blah. But then it came back. Yeah, his note at the end when it was like, "You think he's dead?" And it was like, and it was something I was endearing about him too. Was just yeah. like with his fandom coming out not realistic. I like the realistic movies. And then in his note at the end, when you hear his voice come, comes on when he's he's reading it and he's like, I read twilight, not realistic at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Like that was funny. Yeah. Um, I just noticed that the brother, like, I think he never left the couch. It felt like at least I'm sure he did, but he, all he is ever doing was watching TV, right? Yes. Did he ever leave the house? He's.
1: Ooh. Um, I thought he did at one point, but maybe not. He he definitely got up from the couch like twice. Oh,
0: right. But all you picture was picture like, (laughs) all right, the brother in the transfiguration. You picture him sitting on the couch watching TV. Totally.
1: Well, and this is why it sort of comes back around to what I was saying about the escapism thing. You know, like we learned that not only did this dude and his little brother... Uh, lose both of their parents. Um, But he was also a vet. Like, he was in... I can't remember if they said Iraq or Afghanistan. And the second they say that, you go, oh, yeah, he's not just a deadbeat, like, jerk of a brother. He's, like, suffering. Yeah, he went to war. He's sitting on the couch, can't do anything watching TV, because that's probably... The limit of what he can take in right mm-hmm. now, you know, and he's got to look after this his little brother, mm-hmm. and has no parents, and probably doesn't. I, I guess doesn't have a job. Like he doesn't. I don't know what the ins and outs of of coming back from war, of whether or not you have yeah. an income or, or something. But like, you know, that's yeah. what so, he can do.
0: Again, it worked. Not a good or bad thing, but it's just like you know, it's funny to imagine like. um the fan art and it's just the brother <laughs> sitting on the couch. Yeah, you know? totally.
1: Um, well, and I kept thinking that there was going to be more of a tropiness to the brother. Mm-hmm. Like Milo is going to come home and he was, you know, the brother's going to be doing like, I don't know, like doing drugs like that. That's his problem or he's an alcoholic or he's a drug addict or, uh, you know, I don't know what else there, the tropiness there could be, but like, why is he just sitting on the couch? Mm-hmm. And once you get that information, it's totally... clicks, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's satisfying and effective.
0: Um, the last thing that I wanted to note was a cameo, which I didn't recognize at the time, but, uh, you know, in researching afterwards, the hobo, I'm pretty sure it was the one that he kills and he has a moment with. It was Lloyd Kaufman of Troma Film fame. Whoa. The famed producer, Is it really? director. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Um, awesome. If anyone's listening and wants to do a screen grab... Uh, we'd love to see it. It's cool. Little yeah. Lloyd Kaufman. Because when I googled it, uh, just Lloyd Kaufman, the transfiguration, there was no still from it. And I think mm. it's something we should have because yeah. cause props to him. And that's a fun, I think that's a really that's fun. That's crazy. He's uh, like the spiritual godfather for Indie horror. I feel like. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, so a very George specific. Remy. I mean, so many. There's.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, his his specific sort of the, realm of, of the factory of mentality. that yeah. he
0: almost and the enabling other directors is oh, pretty yeah. unique to him.
1: Yeah, um, that's really interesting. And yeah, when
0: I looked up in the credits, like, wait, who was he? Is this hobo? So, <laughs> and then thinking back about the scene from what I remember, I'm like, oh yeah, that was. I thought he kind of like looked familiar or something. That's cool. Cool.
1: I have one more thing of note. Um. And the reason it's a thing of note is because I'm not sure this is true. But I think that Milo's shirts as the movie progresses, as the movie progresses, man, that sounded weird. I believe that his shirt color goes from dark to light.
0: Oh, right. And remember, that would tie in with at the ending how he's like, "Uh, I've been drawing suns a lot lately.
1: Yeah. 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 It's sort of this, this subtle, you know, symbolic thing to the to sun's just coming up there. and kills the vampire
0: yeah. at the end. Right. That's why.
1: Yeah. Great. Exactly. That's, Which is so cool.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Let us, if that's true too, that's curious. That's a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's it for today. Unless you have anything else. What else could we talk about? Oh I mean, man. I, I feel covered. I feel good. Um,
1: yeah, well, I guess we could, uh, we should we Wait, should here. rate we should... this in some form or another.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're trying to figure out our rating system here in our, our early episodes, um, and we're leaning toward having like three three tiers versus a simple thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. And and not so complex that it's like I give it
1: I give it one and three quarter stars. Yeah. It's like who gives a shit.
0: So there's. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about, like, loving it to the extent of wanting to see it again. Yeah. Is sort of the highest. And then, I don't know, is, is, is recommending it, would that be there or just under it?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that if you want to be really simplistic about it, it's like the highest praise being you should, you, you could, we would watch it again. Yeah. And then the next thing, simplistically, would be like, yeah, it's a, it's a movie. And you can watch it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it, right? And then, the, and then, thirdly, being you know, this was oh, God. It, I, like we we want to avoid saying that it was bad or it sucked necessarily because horror,
0: you know, it could be bad and you should still see it or you still enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So it's the, so then, I don't want to call it bad, right? Um, Which is why this may take us some time. I don't know. It's hard <laughs> yeah. to be, because for the transfiguration, I want to rate it exactly between the highest tier and the next tier,
1: mm, where yeah.
0: I feel like I would probably be have like watch it again. But it's not necessarily something I'd seek That's out. Interesting.
1: I don't think I would watch it again necessarily. Well, but just, I I think it's worth
0: seeing. Yeah, it's absolutely worth seeing. I thought it was very very good. Yeah, we'll f- we'll think of something. All right, so my my rating for this episode it was
1: very very good, <laughs> very good. I my rating is or actually I also want to say very it, good. <laughs> That's a lot of varies. Very do three varies mm-hmm. and then a word that means good but isn't good.
0: Mm. Those are very 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 enjoyable. Oh, fair enough.
1: I'd say it's totally worth watching. Great, but it's a slow burn, so buckle in. That's my rating. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, folks, this is Ryan. Yes,
0: this is Tim. Oh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Tim Aslin, And my handles you can get to through my website, ryanmcduffie.com, M-C-D-U-F-F-I-E.
1: And someday we'll, you know, like have a website or something. Well, Or like, I don't know. I think What's we should have one by the time this comes on. There you go. Great. Oh. Things to strive for.
0: All right. <laughs> Let's talk about that now, Tim. All right. Well, we wish the best to you all. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>